0: Hello and welcome to Downsizing. I'm your host, alleged chonky boy, Tim Down. First and foremost, guys, holy shit. Uh, Just like that, we've got a logo that isn't uh, disaster at worst and copyright infringement at best. The logo was made by my friend Joey, uh, who knocked it out of the park. A quick little story about Joey. Um, There was a time uh, a few years ago now um, that we went out, a group of our uh, high school friends, and, uh, we ordered suicide wings. Um, it was the first time any of us had had wings that were that hot. We had to sign a waiver, which, uh, I'm not sure was legally binding, but, uh, I'm a professional doctor, not a lawyer. Uh, anyway, some people were okay with them. Some people were sweating and crying. Um, uh, one girl just poured ketchup directly into her mouth and rubbed it into her lips. Um, so, you know, uh, quite a range of responses, um. But we realized that Joey ordered them too, and he was acting like he just ordered a, a bowl of cereal. He's got ice in his veins, you guys. Um, do they call them Suicide Wings so they're not liable if someone dies from eating them? There's a lot, a lot of questions this week. Um, the worst experience I ever had with Hot Wings was a few years later. Uh, there's a bar here called McKibben's. Um, I say here, like all my listeners aren't from Montreal right now. Um, incidentally, I did look at my analytics and I do have some listeners in the United States and in Italy. So, uh, uh, buongiorno. Uh, but there is a bar here called McKibben's, um, and they serve wings made with ghost peppers, which, if you don't know, used to be the hottest peppers in the world. And I would love to tell you that I ordered these because I was dared to, because of a bet or some kind of coercion, but I ordered these wings because I'm a dumbass. And the waiter who brought them to me knew exactly how much of a dumbass I am, because he'd eaten them in the past as well. So when he brought them over, he had this huge smile on his face. And I took a bite, and it was hot right away, but very mild, like almost like Tabasco. And he goes, how are they? Like, it's still with a smile on his face. And I very cockily declared that uh, they were totally fine. It was easy, not a big deal. And then I took another bite, and then my mouth was on fire. It felt like I drank bear mace. It burned so much that my ears hurt, and I had no idea that your ears could even kind of be affected by spice like that. Um, So now I'm panicking and asking the waiter for a drink, and he just laughs and says no, which I didn't know was an option. I've been told, sorry, we're out. Sorry, uh, it's not on the menu anymore. But never just flat out no. And he was like, you don't want a drink. You want sugar. And I was like... I do. And he handed me a fistful of sugar packets, and I just started pouring them onto my tongue. And they worked. Um, But I still ended up going to the bathroom and just chugging water from the sink. Um, Chugging water out of a dirty bar sink isn't the healthiest thing, but it's still one of the better diet choices that I've made. So, you know, at least it was water. Oh, and the bouncer got pissed at me because he thought I was throwing up in the sink. But when I told him I ate the ghost pepper wings, he just laughed and walked out. So, um... Yeah. Uh, that same night, actually, I had a guy. I was at the urinal um, after I'd washed my hands from from the wings, you know, because uh, we've all been there, right, guys? Uh, but anyway, um, I'm at the urinal and I'm uh, peeing. This is what you do at a urinal. And uh, this guy walks up next to me and he just looks me in the eyes, which is also a no no at the urinal. And he goes, uh, Don't take this the wrong way, but uh, how do you feel about Kick a Ginger Day? Not sure what the, the right way to take someone bringing up fighting when you both have your, uh, you know, schwances out. But anyway, uh, speaking of fiery heat, it was Valentine's Day last week and uh, fellas, <laughs> I broke some rules. I got a gift basket from a local store that sells a lot of different kinds of like craft beer and craft snacks and kombuchas, if you will. Uh, and I indulged. I'm not going to lie. I had some beer, had some caramel popcorn, some white wine gummies, but I ate it all in one day, so it's it's basically healthy. Um, aside from last week, I don't plan on breaking any of the rules for the next little while, maybe until I've lost you know a decent amount of weight. Speaking of, I weighed myself three times once again and averaged it out, and I am now at 297 pounds. So we're getting there. That's eight pounds down in about two weeks. And if you're like, damn, I wish I could lose eight pounds in two weeks, well, it's easy. Just get dangerously overweight, then abruptly cut out everything unhealthy. It's like opening a parachute 20 feet off the ground. It's two steps, guys. Come on. It's really easy. Um, In things that made me want to throw up news this week, I came across a pretty chilling search suggestion on YouTube. Um, I was listening to some white guy hip-hop, as I'm wont to do, and Spotify Radio recommended a song to me called "Escargo." that was a real toe-tapper. So, I looked it up on YouTube to see if there was a lyric video and, you know, see what the artist looked like. And YouTube suggested something called Escargo Mukbang. Yeah. If you don't know what it, uh, mukbang is, it's basically how I ate before I started this podcast. So, there you go. Google at your own risk. Um, anyway, the next time where I might be tempted to be unhealthy is my birthday, which <clears throat> is coming up. Um, but I think instead of ordering out, I'm going to cook something for me and my family. Uh, or cook something for myself while they order out. Uh, either way, uh, I found a recipe for a yam cake that looks pretty promising, so I'm going to try and make that. Uh, my rules don't forbid cake by design, but I'm looking to expand my baking horizons a little bit. Um, as far as the rules go, it's actually been pretty surprisingly easy so far. Uh, I haven't been tempted to drink any pop or beer. Um, I've consistently made lunches for work, which are mainly vegetables like uh. uh Carrots and peas, um, spinach and and things of that ilk. Pretty sure I said that exact same thing last time. Uh, so good to know. I'm already recycling words. Guys, I think I just entered a fugue state. What the fuck? Um, anyway, um, I usually with these vegetables, like my main thing is some kind of like stir fried meal. It just feels sort of like, um, like rice or noodle-based dishes seem to travel the best for lunches. Um, you know, like sandwiches feel a little bit boring, and I don't really know what else to to meal prep. To be honest, uh, maybe I'll spy on my coworkers' lunches for some ideas. Uh, if any of my coworkers are listening to this right now, don't make this weirder than it has to be. Um, I'm also not eating after 8 p.m., which was my uh, main eating time before. Uh, I'm still really goddamn hungry though, so I basically just chug water until I go to bed. As far as exercise goes, uh, I'm gonna try and start this week. A few months ago I was doing a version of the One Punch Man workout, uh, because I'm uh, a catastrophic mess of a weeb, and if you know what that is, congratulations, you might be too. But we'll see. Uh, if I'm being honest, I really, truly don't feel like it. Um, I will have to eventually though, because now that I wear my hair in a ponytail, I'm starting to look a little bit too much like the comic book guy from The Simpsons for my liking. Uh, Worst podcast ever. Are you tired of outdated, boring workouts? Push-ups? Sit-ups? Give-ups? Gone are the days of mind-numbing repetitive exercises thanks to this week's sponsor, Fight Fit. They offer a personalized workout regime that takes place anytime, anywhere. Their unique algorithm pairs you up with one of their certified combat specialists who will track you down with the express purpose of kicking your ass. They have a wide range of combatants standing by from everyday folks like you and me to actual, factual war criminals. Perfect for any fitness level. Morning, noon, or night, get ready to fight. At any moment, one of their specialists could hop out of a bush ready to drop kick you into oblivion. The sheer spontaneity will engage your body's fight or flight response, leading you to burn calories faster than a dumpster fire at a grease factory. Nothing pushes your cardiovascular health to the limit like a good old fashioned fist fight. My listeners get an exclusive free trial of Fight Fit with promo code down for the count. Forget hit. It's time to get hit. And we're back. What a unique word from our sponsor, right guys? Um, now this week, I want to discuss what is probably the main reason why I was in the shape I was in as a teenager. I won't go so far as to say in shape, because I was still a young man. But the main physical activity I did from age 10 to 17 was karate. That's right. This is a karate episode. I started doing karate in grade 4, uh, I think mainly because my English teacher was a black belt. Um, uh, the style of karate that I did was Shin-Kyu-Kushin Kai, which, of course, is too long of a name. It's like they're hoping that while people are in the middle of saying it, they'll have time to set up like a bicycle kick. Um, but here's the thing, okay? So, Kyu-Kushin Kai translates roughly to the ultimate truth. But what Shin means is new. So, Shin-Kyu-Kushin Kai is the new ultimate truth. They're pretty cocky, right at the gate with that one, with that, weren't they? You know, uh, here it is, guys. The ultimate truth. We did it. We figured it out. And then years later, they just come back and they're like, "Yeah, we uh, we really jumped the gun. Uh, we got carried away there. Um, but now, now for sure, this time we got it for sure, hundred percent. There's no gonna be. There's not gonna be any shin shin kyu cushion kai. Um. They actually taught us about the guy who developed this style of karate, um, a guy named Sosai Matsutatsu Oyama, although they just called him Masoyama because, again, it's it's too long. Um, And this dude uh, was straight out of a kung fu movie. He trained in isolation in the mountains. He fought 100 fights in a row. Uh, And there was one other thing that they said that I just really glossed over as a kid and just did not challenge even at all. Um, They said that he fought 50 bulls. And moreover, he killed three of them with his hands, is bare hands, three bulls dead. Oh, by the way, he won all 50 fights. Um, oh, also, he killed all the bulls that he killed with one hit. And as a kid, I was like, yeah, this checks out. I never questioned why you would do this or where the bulls even came from. Um, it feels like even one time fighting a bull and winning would be enough. Like, I, I don't know if he just couldn't get it on tape. And had to keep proving it over and over and over. Like by bull thirty, people would catch on and start sort of messing with him. Like, hey, bud, I don't know. I don't know. He don't look like you could beat a bull. yeah uh, would you lying to everybody? And he was just like, Darn it. Again? It's like if Thomas Edison, you know, you know, Thomas Edison famously electrocuted a an elephant to prove that uh one of the either AC or DC current was dangerous. Cause, you know, Thomas Edison was a piece of shit. But it's like if he did that, but 50 times. Just did a tour of the United States, electrocuting an elephant in every state. I mean... (laughs) Holy shit, guys. 50 bowls. That's that's so many fucking bowls. That is... I don't even think I've ever seen 50 bowls in one place. And this guy made a pile of them. To prove he was tough. I mean... (laughs) Goddamn dude, if you're going to have someone lead your fucking organization, might as well be this guy. I mean, good golly. Anyway, um, I started um, doing karate as a kid and did it through uh, to when I started CGEP. Um I think everybody knows this, more or less, but in a lot of martial arts, you start off with a white belt and progress through different colored belts from there. Um there's a kind of myth that this originated from martial artists starting with, uh, like, a white belt. And then over the course of their training, it would get, you know, from all the blood and dirt and sweat, it would turn black. Um, gross, obviously. Um, so I guess, I don't know, you could just dip your belt in tar and day one, and boom, you get a dojo. Um, but it's more likely that someone just created it as a way to show a difference in skill levels in the students. But that's not quite as fun. So tar belts all around. Um but in order to, pro- to progress from one belt to the next, you have to pass an exam. Um, and at least at my school, a lot of these tests were done by uh, a Shihan. You've probably heard of Sensei, maybe even Senpai. You may have even tried to get one to notice you. Um, a Shihan is above a Sensei. Um, they're like a regional manager, I guess. Um, and our Shihan was a perfect level of Psycho. Um, at one of these tests, he singled out this other guy in my class and just started tripping him throughout the exam and just catching him before he hit the ground. Um, now I say guy, but he was probably 11. Um, he would just come up behind him as we were doing forms, trip him, catch him before he hit the ground. And 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 why? Literally no idea. He didn't even address it. Um, another time, he stood in front of each one of us and screamed, What are you proud of? And this was in a public park. I mean, can you imagine walking your dog and seeing a man in his late 40s standing in front of a group of children screaming in their face? Like I said, psycho. Um, At these tests, you get tested on your form, so like how well you can do the kicks, punches, and blocks, and so on. Um, Later on, you have to do fights, but at all levels, you have to do katas. What are katas? In a word, hilarious. Uh, It's essentially a choreographed fight, it's a little battle dance. You know, it makes sense if you um, see, like, a video of them, but it's, like, block, punch, turn around, block, punch, turn, and so on. Um, and the best part is that there are set parts in the kata where you're supposed to yell. Um, you get in trouble if you don't yell, um, because it's part of the, It's just as much as the punches and kicks are, the yelling is. Um, and what you're supposed to yell is kiai. Um, but all the black belts sort of put their own secret sauce on it, and you could kind of tell how good they were the less it actually sounded like ki. So if you did them in a group of, with, like if you listen to a group of black belts do them, you'd hear more like, yay, hey, ki, yeah. There was one guy who even was like, ay, hey, which is like the Guido black belt. Um, but then there was just me as a little kid going, ki, ki. <laughs> it sounds like, sounds like some kind of fucked up bird, a black belt bird. Um, it's also, so I said they're like a choreographed fight. It's like the most preposterous fight scenarios. Um, like for example, the way that you punch is that while one arm is going out, the other arm goes back to your side, kind of like a back elbow. Um, and I asked why we punch like that. And, uh, I was told that while you're punching the person in front of you, there's someone behind you and you're elbowing them. Oh, by the way, in the first kata, you punch 12 times. So... You're fighting about 24 people and taking them all out, two at a time, with one hit. I mean, if the guy that founded it could do that, I guess the 50 bulls thing is a little bit more believable. But as a 10-year-old, it's not that feasible. Um, As far as the real fights go, like the sparring, it could actually be kind of rough. Uh, We did have gloves, but a lot of the time we did sparring without them. Um, There was one time one of the black belts named Nick and I were sparring. And he started just, you know, raining body shots on me. Uh, and this come might come as a surprise to you. But I tried to block them. No, 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 he said. Just hit me back. So we just stood there, in place, just constantly punching each other like Rock'em Sock'em robots. Um, this same guy left the dojo for a few years to go to a police academy. Uh, And when he came back, I thought I could finally take him on. Because I'd progressed a lot all around with my uh, karate skills. Uh, A lot of which had to do with another black belt I'll talk about in a second. Um, But this dude had a movie fight with me. Now, what does that mean? It means that he kicked my ass in a way that should only be possible in a choreographed movie fight with stuntmen. Because he kicked me in the chest. And then as I was reeling backwards, he grabbed my wrist, pulled me back towards him and spun around and kicked me in the chest again. That that just shouldn't happen in a real fight. It's like, you know, if he knocked me down and I did a kip-up, or did like a corkscrew kick to his head. Like, he left for two years and turned into Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's a nice current uh, action movie reference for you. Um, But the other black belt that I mentioned earlier was a guy named Colin. Now, Colin was like... I mean, even when I was maybe 16, he was, he was older than me, but he was like eight inches shorter and weighed like maybe 125, 130 pounds. And he kicked the living shit out of me. He once kicked my arm so hard that I couldn't fully straighten or bend it for two weeks. My choices when we sparred were either get really close so he couldn't kick me, um, but then he could hammer me with his bony fists or keep back and let him kick me in the head constantly, um, If you want to visualize it, it was kind of like if Mini Me and Fat Bastard fought each other, and Mini Me won literally every single time. Um, Once he left the school, uh, my dad and I, because my dad and I did it together for most of that time. My brother did it for a little bit at the beginning, but he left, and so my dad and I stayed pretty much at the same level throughout my time doing karate. Um, But once he left, once Colin left, my dad and I were the highest level aside from our uh, our sensei. So uh, we ended up leading a lot of the classes and, like, teaching the rest of the people. Um, And when I was about 16 years old, I ended up teaching a few karate classes at a Chinese school near my house. Uh, Now, when I say class, it was, like, three or four six-year-olds. And when I say taught karate, I mean, I desperately try to. But A, they didn't really speak English. And B they had no real interest in learning karate. What they were actually interested in was getting piggyback rides. So every single class ended with me jogging in a circle with one kid on my back, one kid in my arms, and one clinging to my legs. There were actually other teachers there, and did they help? No. Uh, They just looked glad that it wasn't them for once. Um, Now, this place was also close enough to my house that uh, I would walk home after the lessons. And one day I ran into a guy I went to high school with. And uh, before I tell you what happened, let me just paint a little picture for you. Um, I was wearing a full karate gi. And I had my karate gym bag. And I had a big pad that you hold to uh, let people practice kicks and punches with full force. Which uh, kids were also pretty into, surprisingly. Um, this fellow, on the other hand, was wearing sunglasses, a motorhead shirt. And a trilby, as was the style at the time. I mean, he was wearing pants, too, and shoes, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. Uh, We got to talking to Karate, because as it turns out, uh, he also took karate. And he ends up taking a few kicks at the pad, which is already a sight to see, you know, on the side of the road, in front of a gas station, one guy kicking a a pad of, uh, you know. Anyway. Um, But then he tells me that he only remembers two things from when he did karate. The first thing he remembered was how to do a front kick, which I had seen. This is what he was doing to the pad. The second thing he remembered was how to pull someone's heart out of their chest. Yeah, I got to say, I wasn't expecting the second one. I think I would have been less surprised if he said he learned how to do card tricks while riding a unicycle. Um, So I asked him, how exactly uh, do you pull someone's heart (laughs) out of their chest? And he casually explained that you swipe at their chest and rip the skin, then tear the muscle, break the ribs, and remove them, of course, and then pull their beating heart out of their chest. And I gotta tell you guys, I had no idea it was that easy. Truly. I would have thought it would be way harder, bordering on impossible. But you just have to rip the skin, tear the muscle, break the ribs, pull them out, and pull the heart right out. Uh, Well, I guess they wait patiently. Um... I guess he learned a different style of karate from mine. Maybe that was the uh, previous ultimate truth, where they took that out of the curriculum. Um, I stopped doing karate when I was about 17, right before I went to CGEP, because I didn't think I'd have time for it anymore. Um, The amount of time I wasted in CGEP would say otherwise, but that's neither here nor there. Um, But the last time I attended a karate class was maybe like a year and a half later, um, because for one of my gym classes, we had to attend like a fitness class outside of school and write about it Uh, so my friend sarah and i went to this class together uh, because my dad was still leading the class Um, but it had moved from a chalet and a park near my house to a church and when my dad was describing what it looked like and how to get there he said to go around back to the back of the church and go through the door with all of the gay paraphernalia on it which is to put it lightly not what i was expecting I knew churches were getting more progressive, but gay paraphernalia is on an entirely new level. I'm not even sure what gay paraphernalia is. I think I can guess, but I'll maybe save those guesses for when my family loses interest in listening to these. Um, There's still a non-zero chance that someone will show this to my grandma, and I don't think she really needs to hear me say butt plug or cock ring. Well, sorry. Anyway, turns out he he meant not paraphernalia but maybe pamphlets or literature or something like that because this door had all kinds of brochures and things with information about like LGBT friendly events and programs they had at the church, which is nice. Um, and also probably a lot more helpful than paraphernalia. I've definitely said paraphernalia too much. Paraphernalia. Um, incidentally at this class, I also ended up giving Sarah a piggyback ride. So, um, maybe now that's a much bigger thing in, uh, Karate that I'm not aware of. Again, it's been a while since I've done it, so maybe uh, maybe in the Shin Shinkyu Kushinkai school, it's piggybacks all the time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna end with a story of a time where I greatly overestimated my abilities as a uh, karateka. karate ka. I was 17, uh, I was a brown bar black belt, okay, and I was in the midst of doing P90X. I was, what you could fairly describe, as unbelievably cocky. And one day I walked into the kitchen and I saw that my dad was sitting at the computer. I had to walk by him to get to the fridge, but I i paused right as I got behind him. I looked and, and I decided I can definitely, 100%, kick over his head. I didn't think, decide, or come to the conclusion that I could. I knew that I could. So I got into my stance, Zenkutsu for those who know, and I kicked as hard as I could. I twisted the foot that wasn't kicking, I engaged my abs, turned my body away to get as much torque and height as I possibly could. Because I felt that if I didn't kick as hard as I could, it wouldn't be fast enough and my leg would drop too soon and I would end up kicking my dad (laughs) in the head. Which of course is the last thing that I wanted to do. So you can imagine my puzzled bewilderment. As my foot did not land on the opposite side of my dad like I thought. But stopped mid-flight as it connected squarely with the side of his head. Maybe in your life you've been telling a story and you got really animated. And swung your arm into a stranger walking by. Which is very embarrassing. Now you take that feeling. And you boil it down, and reduce it, and concentrate it to its purest, most potent form. And you do that ten times over, and you inject that directly into your veins, and you get a sense of how I felt in that moment. Because it's not like I can explain myself, you know? If you were minding your own business, sitting in quiet tranquility, and your firstborn son sideswiped you in the temple, words would simply not be enough. Uh, The strangest thing, and potentially most worrying, is that I didn't even get in trouble. All he said was, Ah, come on, man. Not why. Not what are you doing. There's no punishment. When he heard this story recently, all he said was, Oh, yeah, (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, So either I kicked him so hard, I knocked the anger out of his body or he's been slowly planning my demise. Either way, I always sit with my back to a wall. That's going to be it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, it's a little longer than, than last time's. Um, I'm going to just say that last week I was uh, exercising some portion control with the podcast. And I reserve my right to continue doing that if I'm uh, having a slow week, you know, or I pick a bad topic. Like I originally did. I was not originally going to do a karate episode. Switched it up last minute because I was not feeling it. Um, as always, you can follow me on Instagram at excessively underscore Caucasian, or you can send me an email at downsizingpod at gmail.com. And I'll check in the same time next week, and we'll see if I found a good way to end these. Up, up, and away. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch, I need tempo. tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Pity pat, pity pat, pity, pity pit. pat. Look at my ass, it's fitty, fitty fat. Pat. Kitty cat, kitty cat, kitty, kitty cat. Pour me a glass, boy, I like my water wet. Whap. Throw it back. Throw back that. Catch that. Get that, get that. I need a jack Woo. for all of this ass, but it won't go flat. Whittle.